Let's start with the Tiwi Bombers. They uh, finished bottom of the ladder the last couple of years, but they have signed Patrick Bowden. Um, I had a good conversation over in Bali, of all places, with Dean Rioli about the state of the club, and um, Dean was really insightful about some of the challenges that the Bombers face. And reading between the lines, what I believe is that this is almost like a, a last-ditch effort. You know, if things fail um, with Paddy Bowden and don't quite work, I don't know whether we're going to see a Tiwi Bombers for a whole lot longer. Um, but in mm. saying that, I think they've got their systems right. I think they are going to have as good a crack as possible. Uh, they're going to have challenges that other clubs... I think it was $800,000 a year or something like that. It was a huge figure that seemed un really unrealistic when someone told me how much it cost to, to keep the Tiwi Bombers in the competition. I don't know how accurate that is, um, but that was the, the figure that I was told by someone who would know. And... Um, an interesting one. So definitely a challenge for the Bombers. Paddy Bowden's their man at the moment. He'll be helped out by his brother, who's also uh, Rhett Bowden on the island. Um, what do you reckon? Where's Tiwi at? Yeah, I think having the dry season comp's going to help. Um, it's definitely just getting some games into kids as Is it well. make or break so, now? I, I'm not too sure. Um, something's got to give, though. Um, you can't be forfeiting games and stuff like that. So hopefully they're on top of that as well. And they're, they're going to be relying on us as well with the relationship with banks to help them if you know they are short on players. Dylan, you were supposed to play uh, in the game that Tiwi forfeited last year. Um, I believe you ended up playing in the resis for that week. Um, to you know, help out as, along with a couple of other really good players uh, from Waratah Premier League. What were you disappointed when you found out that the Bombers forfeited? I know there was sort of only so much you could do and, and that, but you know, Robbie's big on without sort of bringing up old wounds or anything like that. You were big on they probably could have played if, it, if push come to shove that day. Um, they might have lost by 30 goals or, or 35 goals, but they could have still you know played. Were you disappointed? Oh, we. We had sort of heard a few rumours earlier on the week, so it wasn't as if we rocked up to the ground mm. and they said the game is canned. We had half an inkling that it might have, might have happened, so it wasn't as if it just come out of the blue. But it is disappointing, but you know what they go through and yeah. everything over on the island. It, it takes a lot to get them over here and get a game going ahead. Mm. So, no, it's... And we some of us still got to get another game in, which was handy. Yeah, Jaden Magro would have been disappointed, obviously losing the leading goal-kicking by a goal. He would have kicked a bag that day, I reckon. Um, look, yeah, we'll, we've sort of spoken a fair bit about Tiwi over the last few weeks on this show. We spoke to the president, Lindsay Whiting. Um, plenty of optimism at the moment, so I think that uh, we all need to get behind Tiwi and, and support them, and hopefully um, they can have a pretty good season because Tiwi Bombers, some of my favourite NTFL memories of all time are watching Tiwi Bombers when they are up and firing. Those 2011, 2012, all those seasons, it was unbelievable football. You'd, you'd clear your Saturday schedule because the Bombers were playing. So hopefully they get back there. Last one on you, Rob. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Hopefully they can get back there. They're just going to have to get games in these guys and get them in Darwin. I think Darwin football's changed a bit. It's become more physical and yeah. um, a lot of sides have state league talent. So you need to, they need to get games. And if they're down south playing as well, it's also a benefit. Yeah. Palmerston uh, are another team that need to get going. Uh, I think, you know, we say it every year, but they need to make the finals because it's been 13 years. Um, and they have, from what it looks like from the outside, the recruiting networks, the financial state. Um, so I reckon Palmerston, it's, they need to make the finals next year. Rob? Yeah, I've sort of got them finishing fifth, to be honest. Yeah. Um, What's your basis? Why do you think they're going to do that? Just with the talent they had. But they do have a... Some of the recruits are pretty old. Have so they got enough locals? Good locals? Maybe. If they can work the flying rule a bit better. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's touch and go, I reckon, Rob. I, mm. You have them as fifth. I have them anywhere between fifth and eighth, mm. to be honest. Um, 
I think you're right. I think it's, I'd be, you'd be foolish to say, oh, they're no chance because some of the players that they've got into that club, if it all clicks for them, um, you know, it could work out. But they just haven't shown anything, I think, in the last couple of years to, to you know, bet on them with any confidence. Yes. Speaking of Josh Heath at, at the footy training, you know, look, I went and watched Bulldogs train. I went and watched uh, Suns train, and he was at both training sessions, mm. um, which shows that he has that commitment yep. and that love for it. And speaking of him, I had a bit of a gut feeling that he's probably learned a few hard lessons or hard truths, so sort of think he's going to be better for the run. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> no, 100%. I think... Uh, the criticisms that we have on Palmerston go way beyond Josh Heath. This is mm. not a Josh Heath thing. This is something that Palmerston have been grappling with since, what, 2009, 2008, mm. you know, the last time they were sort of successful uh, or at least made the finals. So um, nothing wrong with Josh Heath. You know, obviously we've spoken about that two-year extension that he got last year and, and, and the pros and cons around that. But you, all you can ask for is a coach that puts in 100% effort, 110%, and he puts his time in it, he puts his effort in, and he puts his passion in. So you've got to back Josh Heath in, and hopefully he can turn that around this year and get a really good season going for the Magpies. I saw Wanderers Football Club last night training down at the beach. Um, they did put a flyer up last week on the social media, and it says they were focusing on skills, endurance running, cardio training, and redemption. So they're focusing on uh, redemption. They feel, they feel as though they need to redeem last season. Do, do they need to redeem themselves, Robert? Oh, if you go off our rankings that we gave them last year, it was at twos and threes. So... Mm. So they that's do. A, yeah, that's <laughs> so. Well, but can you see them redeeming themselves? Because this is where, and I don't know if you still feel the same, but I'm a big believer of Wanderers. I think they can almost flick the switch and, and go straight up the ladder to, to a third, fourth position, um, or, or even or even higher. Dare I say it? And, and I don't know if you share that same optimism. No, do what do you think they can do? That? Don't deflect. <laughs> <laughs> but their top their top end in their team is very good. They just it was just their depth that they lacked last mm. year. So if they can recruit. Um, say from your 15 to 22, and that, that'll help them bring them up the ladder, but they're still coming from a long way back. I look at, um, you know, that year they had Sean Manor, Dane McFarlane, and a couple of these other players come in, really help them. If they can do a similar sort of coup, um, I think that would really help them a little what, bit. Yeah, well, what, well, from that, what that fly says is what Wanderers are known for is their run and flair. And I, I think mm. they've gone away from that a bit over the last previous years, and I think... Yep. Get the local, they do have a large local base, get them fit and fire. And I think starting pre season early is good for them. Um, and that's, I think that's a great idea from Aaron because Aaron played in those successful periods and knows that when Wanderers get yeah. running and, you know. Aaron will know more than anyone what Wanderers' strengths are. Mm. And hopefully it'll just be a matter of uh, Aaron being able to, you know, I was, motivate his I, troops. I was critical across their, their back line. They, they chip the ball around way too much for a Wanderers team. Mm. Um, I like Wanderers running and gunning from half back. Um, that's where they're best. So hopefully they return to that style of play. Yep, Pint, uh, sort of pretty quiet pre-season from Pint. I haven't heard a lot about them. Where do you think they're at? I ran into Shane Motlop two weeks ago. Um, I sort of half think they underachieved last year. Um, and that we've argued about this yeah. on radio. <laughs> so um, I'm sort of predicting they finish third or fourth. Yep, I, um, I've sort of got them hovering around that same mark. Mm. Um, I still think they're going to be susceptible to some of these faster teams. I think mm. if Wanderers were a slightly better, 20% better team, they get the job done against Pint. Um, I think Buffaloes are still a bit of a kryptonite to Pint, and I know that's, you know, Pint, like, 
It's one of them funny ones. So if the game's played on their terms, points can really hurt Buffs with their physicality and, and just their sort of dedi- you know their dedication to run both ways, their midfielders and stuff like that. But if Buffs can get the ball on the outside, they can really, really, really cause damage to the Green Ants. And we saw Tiwi Bombers, uh, you know, to be able to have what was it a, a win and a draw in their two games against them last year, which was their only points they got for the season. So Pints are still going to have to combat that territory style, and I think try and, as much as they can recruit locals, recruit fast players recruit players that can sort of complement those players that come in from down south. That, that's where I have them. Yeah, I think Shannon Motlop in his conversation did say they're going to be looking to recruit some pace. Um, I don't know where that's coming from, though. It could be coming from south. Mm. Um, obviously, Dill played against them. They um, they should have beaten districts. Yeah. They were competitive against Waratahs both times. I commentated one of those games. What were your, some of your takeaways, Dill, playing against Pints? Yeah, they did. They were seemed to be very well coached. They played a good good style of footy. Um, as, you, as you touched on, the pace probably did get them when it comes to the crunch, but speaking to a few of their players in the last couple of weeks, I think they've recruited some good talent down mm. from SA. Yeah. They'll lose Tommy's shot for the first half of the year. He did his hammy. Yeah, that was a bad one, eh? Yeah. yeah. I think it was at a, it might have been wrestling when he was after having a couple, so... <laughs> it might have been there that Yeah, yeah I might have. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Saucy's. Yeah. It wasn't on a particular Mad Monday, was it, at Saucy's? But... Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, for sure. Um, yeah, 100%. I think... Um, you're right, Dill. I... Those apparently those boys that are supposed to be coming, they were locked in almost like during the season last year, and it was like, hey, we just need to get through this year, and then the following year we've got all these guys coming. So they've got big plans, um, the Green Ants, and it'll yeah. be interesting to and see. I, and I think their biggest losing margin last year was you know, maybe six goals. Yeah, there wasn't much in it. So they're highly competitive, but being able to kick a score, have some pace, mm. would put them up. That's why I sort of think they could finish third. But that's knocking St. Mary's down to fourth. So that's that's a big call. Yeah. Hey, Dill, I'm interested in your take on the Darwin Buffaloes. Um, I think the Buffaloes last year showed that their best football is quite good. I'm not going to... F- go as far as to say as their best football is good enough to beat anyone. I don't think Buffaloes at their best would have beaten Waratahs last year. Um, but a team that can still play better than, say, a 7-8 and eight win-loss record, um, I think they lacked a little bit in the ruck. Uh, Chris Atkinson and Sterling Mitchell both undersized, both battled hard. Um, but if you're going to get in, if some other teams have state league caliber, you know, Ruckman and XAFL Ruckman and stuff like that. And I think those guys battle a little bit against those guys. The key defenders was also an area that um, Bus needed to bolster their depth in. If you look at the game where Grenfell and Calder uh, took them apart, what was the combination at Nycliffe Oval? I think maybe Sam Overall and John Butcher might have kicked 12 or 13 goals against them late mm. in the year. So a couple of key personnel changes, I believe, are what Buffs... You know, I think Buffs can become a five-goal better team with a gun key back and a gun ruckman. So I think a couple of little changes can really help Buffaloes, but um, there's probably still that consistency between between their best and their worst. Where do you see them? Yeah, we, we've had a couple of good hit-outs um, with them over the last couple of years. They probably do lack that top-end... Probably one more mid that I think, because I think Pendlebury <coughs> is better suited as a as a halfback who yep. can play as a, as a key position. So if they had him down there, throw in another key defender, and then obviously ideally a ruckman, because if you're coming up against uh, Matty Dennis, you'd, you'd like to be able to combat his influence on the game. Mm. But they're definitely not that far off. Like the players that they bring in are very very good. Um, so yeah, no, it'd be it'd be good to see how they do if they do recruit a few over the over the break as well. Mm. So I'm thinking Ben Archard might help the ruck problems a little bit. I think he'll play more in double blue colours this year, uh, and you know obviously Mitch Robinson would be one that you'd want to try and get back. But one that I think could really help 
Buffaloes, and it's a bit of an early call because nothing has been said about his future just yet. But Jed Anderson, I'm thinking, may be a Darwin Buffaloes player this year, and um, I, I, I imagine Jed's going to be a massive, massive boost. If you, if it's any of his training standards and his commitment, and the way he cares about Darwin Buffaloes when he's training as during the preseason is anything to go by, um, I think he's going to have a massive impact on the competition. Could you see? Obviously, it's a pretty obvious question, but you could see Jed having a pretty big, big role at Buffaloes if he's back. Yeah, I'm just not totally sold they make the right changes to correct their team. So that's why I've got them sliding. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon they've got the best runners, some of the best runners in the comp in their side, but they need to bring in those key body players and mm. those better matchups down back. And you can't, I mean, you can't just have blokes kicking bags like that every week. I think the barometer for Buffs are their bottom five players. I mm. think you compare Buffs' bottom five players in, say, you know, 2017-18 and compare that with some of the bottom five players um, in previous years. And it's sort of... I think there's a little bit of a difference. Um, and I think that's what, you know, as, as Dylan will be able to attest to, there was no weak players in Waratah's team last year in that premiership team. So you need to have... Um, and I'm not saying there's weak players at Buffaloes either, but there's, you know, there's always improvement. When you don't win the grand final, there's always improvement. So um, I think that's an area that I'll look at too. We do need to go to a break very, very soon. We might sneak Nycliffe in really quickly. Uh, new coach, Lee Crossman. Um, Mark Tyrrell was an interesting one. We'll coach their Premier League reserves after doing some great work at the Camels and in, in the Big Rivers comp and with Banks uh, in the Division 1 Premier League reserves. Did that surprise you, Rob, as the new Banks coach? Uh, I think a little bit, yeah, but um, I think there's some reasons behind it, so it was mm. a bit of a surprise. But I think Nycliffe are the big watch for mine, um, how they go. I sort of think they're going to slide, mm. so they might finish. Why? I just think they didn't rectify enough issues in the last 18 months that they should have. That was that I thought were glaring issues with their pace, and then losing blokes with pace. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm hearing they're getting recruiting a lot more Southerners, but they have they have got an aging list. Mm. They've got 10 or, 10 or 11 blokes over 30. Um, so I don't know where this youthfulness is going to come from because a lot of those blokes, I think, guarantee a spot. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to bring in some real top five or six players. How do you see it, Dill? Yeah, they've, they've, they do have an ageing list and I think they've got some good juniors coming through that are probably two or three years away from mm. having a good impact at Premier League uh, level. Mm. But they're always a watch because they can, they can recruit really well from down south. So, yeah, it'd be good to see how Lee, Lee does go because the blokes at Banks speak pretty highly of him. And his coaching credentials are pretty good. Yeah, he's already won a flag um, in the NTFL Premier League with Tiwi Bombers. We will get through those last three teams, St Mary's, Waratah and Southern Districts, towards the back end of the show, and then we'll get through our AFL tips for this weekend's games. Stay with us here at SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Remember to download the SEN top end app and with well, just the SEN app and to follow SEN social media. What is St Mary's looking like heading into the season? Uh, I'm not totally... Um, I just... My worries about them is their recruitment, how they recruit players um, and the money that they put into recruiting players is just too low for, the, for today's NTFL. So that's why I've got them probably around that third to fourth mark again. Mm. Um, the locals aren't as good as they used to be, so they're going to need a you know five or six for a good uh, state leaguers. Yeah, if Saints don't clearly have the best locals in the comp, then they're going to mm. have to sort of lift that recruiting side of things, I think, as well. But we've shown in the past that they have done that multiple times, so you can never really write them off, Dill. No, they uh, they weren't that far off off it last year. We obviously had a big win against them early on in the year, and then they beat us later in the year, and then we got one back on them. But mm. they seem to have um, flew up a couple of players last year to get them down on points for this year, probably moving forward. Mm. So it'd be good to see how they 
if they've recruited any others, but they won't be too far off the mark. No, nah, I couldn't imagine. Um, obviously, myself and the Guru had St Mary's as Premiership favourites pretty much until fairly deep into the season, didn't we? It probably wasn't until that first week in the finals that we started thinking, oh, it's, you're looking like cars yeah, are the I best think, team. I think they left their run too late. Mm. Um, a few bad losses, you know, around that middle period and they had to do too, make up too much ground to finish third. a lot of, of catch-up football last season. Yeah, and I, I think that was six goals off Waratahs and Districts, really. Uh, Shannon Rusker was reappointed as Southern Districts Premier League coach. Um, districts, talking about teams that weren't far off, Districts were very, very close to snatching last year's mm. Premiership from Waratah. Um, what do they need to do to go one step forward? I think they need a better, a dominant key forward. Yep. Wherever they find that, they didn't. They opted against Lee Williams last year, which is very interesting. I think he's leading the O and M at the moment. Mm. So, but he did have that really low position game against Nycliffe, where he it was didn't a big get call, a kick. Though. I don't think it was, it was a big call. I think though. Yeah, I'm not Especially saying watch was... him in the grand final the year before it, uh, for uh, pigeons. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was the wrong call. Like I don't. I'd have to look at it more. And obviously, you have to. You know, there's only room for a certain amount of fly-ins, but. It was a, a big call to, to tell, you know, to make that decision. Yeah. Dill, where do you see the Crocs? Obviously, you wouldn't be taking them lightly after after last year. No, nah, I think from their end, they, they lost three, or not, th they haven't lost them, but they had three that have gone to Southport. So if mm. those three don't come back, they'll, mm. that'll set them back a fair bit. Yep. But, um, yeah, they don't, they don't need a real lot to top up. Nah. Obviously, they had Dunstan last year, so fitting him and Lee Williams in the same team, they both play the same, it, it would have made things tough. Yeah, and you look at, like, Jai Bolton, Boyd Woodcock, I think Dallas Willsmore, a handful of players who are really highly credentialed, didn't even play in that grand final. So if they lose those Southport um, boys, it's probably like a revolving door. Someone else is going to come up from the waffle, you know, or somewhere else and probably fill their spot. So, um, yeah, I agree, Dill. I think um, I think they're going to have to combat that, but, but a very good team. We've got about two minutes left, guys. Waratah, Rob, um, we might actually leave. We won't, like... No, we'll get Dill. Dill, what do Waratah need to do to ensure that they win the Premiership again this year? What we've been doing the last couple of years <clears throat> is just player retention's been the, mm -hmm. one of our main things. And I think it all depends on how everyone else goes as well. Like, our grand final team would have beat our grand final team from the year before mm. probably by 10 goals. Yep. So mm. if we hadn't recruited this year, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone that well. Mm. But, no, we'll, we'll keep most blokes that we've had from last year and sort of pending a few... Um, AFL retirement slash D-listings yep. um, will be how we go recruiting from here. Mm, very nice. That's um, he, he almost gave us a scoop there with that with that last <laughs> little one. <laughs> Put that thinking hey. caps on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, um, I've enjoyed today. I've enjoyed today. We've got to wrap up. Yep. Um, but, geez, Dilza looked very comfortable in the seat, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely did. And the Tars should be uh, fit and firing next year. And I think Waratahs and Districts will probably be the clear two for my next season. Yeah, I agree, Rob. Hey, Dylan, thank you very much um, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed having the headphones on today. You did really well. Uh, it's been good fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks mate. Having... Robbie, what's on for the weekend? Uh, got a few farewell parties and stuff. Oh, <laughs> might, go, might go Derby Day. Very good. Enjoy your weekend, <laughs> fellas.